Hey, Andrew. Hey, Jen. What are you listening to this week? Welcome to Season 3 of What Are You Listening To? The weekly podcast created to foster community through music by sharing the stories behind the songs that soundtrack our lives. Some of the songs are old, some new, all good. I'm Jen Tully, and this week I'm joined by multidiscipline artist Andrew Cloninger. Andrew is a musician and producer in the band Ren Cove, and he's also a poet who recently released his first book of haiku entitled C6 to C7 on Atmosphere Press. His book of original poems is about becoming disabled and overcoming adversity to understand who you are and what your identity is after everything changes. This week, Andrew and I are going to get to know each other through four songs. Two are his picks and two are mine. For the best listening experience, I recommend tuning into the show on Spotify. There, you can hear the show with the songs we discuss incorporated. You can also find the show on Apple, Amazon Music, or wherever you stream. But if you're not listening on Spotify, be sure to give the playlist a listen and then tune into our conversation. With that, let's get started. Andrew, what are you listening to this week? <laughs> Today I'm listening to um, two songs. I have uh, one is called Impossible Germany by Wilco. And the other one is called The Silence uh, by Manchester Orchestra. Oh, I'm so excited to get into these two songs with you, Andrew. Um, first song, as you mentioned, is a song called Impossible by Impossible Germany by Wilco. And I mean, we could do many, many shows only <laughs> on Wilco and like all the iterations from the band members that have spun off. Right. Yeah, of um, and I have. And I love all of them, I have to say. I'm mm -hmm. such a huge fan. You'll see when we transition to my picks that I kind of stayed in a similar lane. Um, but I really, Wilco has always been a band that I can go back to and like reliably count on um, for just the song that I need to hear in a given moment. You know, I think um, I love this song. I love this Sky Blue Sky album that this is on. I also love their debut album, an album called AM. Um, I find yeah. myself going back to a song called box full of letters a lot I'm not oh sure that's a big you're, one you're familiar with that one but um oh, i've yeah. always been drawn to the line um i just can't rhyme i can't write my mind the way i want it to read i always mm -hmm. thought that was such a great line <laughs> um but this song is filled with them as well um tell me about impossible germany and and why this was your first pick this week well for me it's 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 one of those songs like it's it like encompasses everything that I'm into, like I'm into punk rock, I'm into uh, folk music, I'm into, you know, abstract music and like, yeah. and, and, you know, Tweety comes from that, like Bob Dylan, like school of songwriting, you know, where yeah. it's a little abstract, but there's a lot of truth in there. And there's like something like the, he's, he's really into the metaphor and yes. like that, that, that to me is, is the biggest, uh, like, takeaway from Jeff Tweedy's, you know, art, like as far as lyric writing goes, you know, he's, he's, he's got this thing, but he's also very subversive. Like as far as music goes, he's like, like yeah, we're going to play in some weird time signatures and, uh, you know, I'll put an acoustic guitar on it, but you know, we're going to also shred. So like, you know, and also, you know, it's interesting too, 
about the, the you know, because I think he, he listened, you know, secretly, you know, he listened to a lot of Bruce Springsteen and a lot of like Bob Seger. Yeah. And, and my thing is, as a Michigan man, I, I grew up in Michigan. Um, <laughs> Bob Seger is way better than Bruce Springsteen anyway. So, like, you know, we're just going to throw that out there. Um, Silver Bullet Band crushes. Anyway, but like, um, you know, so like, you know, you can hear that because of the, you know, he's got a three guitar attack. He's got, you know, he's got this great rhythm section, you know, and, and it's like, you know, and, you know, everything about that, you know, the amalgamation. And then, and then Niles Klein is like one of the shreddiest shredding punk rockers you'll ever hear. Like you talk about like, like virtuoso, like, and you're not supposed to be that, you know, I mean, he played with, you know, like Mike Watt, who's, you know, the yeah. Minutemen and like, you know, all the different iterations of like some very experimental music. Did a lot of no wave. Uh, I think he's played with, um, with Zorn. Um, and you a- can go way down that rabbit hole, like all day long with people that have traveled in and out of Wilco, you know, oh, not yeah. just, you know, not just Wilco being sort of the side project or spinoff after uncle Tupelo dissolved and, right. you know, Wilco sort of being owned by Jeff, Tweedy and Jay Farrar sort of owning Sunvolt like you it's Mm -hmm. like you said you have these musicians that come in all the time and when you talk about a song like Impossible Germany I think you know a kid or a younger person would listen to that and hear us having a conversation about punk and go what like what are you talking about and I think that just again speaks to like the magic and the virtuosity of a band like Mm -hmm. Wilco and we haven't even gotten to this part yet like this is an almost six minute song that's two and a half minutes of song and like four minutes almost of just this amazing like you said like instrumental piece that has you know this dueling guitar section that just will blow your mind and and it really feels like you get to this part you know and for me the song has always been like the story of a one-sided relationship you know like no matter no matter how you try and impress the other person they don't care right they don't care it doesn't matter like you could be germany you could be japan like there one is as unlikely as the other in terms of impressing this person and then like these dueling guitars at the end feel like this final argument, right? It literally sounds, if you listen (laughs) to me, like two people arguing. And it takes you to that point, or again, for me, it takes me to that point where sometimes you're just so tired of trying to figure something out that the only thing you're left with is like this just emotion and that you get more than half of the song of that in this. Does it resonate in that way for you as well? Yeah, you know, it's kind of it's interesting too cuz I I find that that is very that's a great analysis because you know, like you know, sometimes you know when someone when you're in an argument and you slam the door. Yeah. I mean, that's that's essentially what they're doing like, you know, musically that's yeah. kind of the feeling, but also it kind of reminds me a little bit of Turn the Page by Bob Seger mm-hmm. in the sense of being on the road and being isolated. And, and, um, you know, and it may be having a, maybe have an argument long distance, you know, and, and like, and then the frustration of not being, you know, I'm in, you know, cause you know, sometimes like location too, like it's impossible. I can't, I can't articulate what I want to say because I'm not right in front of you. You know, sometimes like when you're, you know, you're, you're in a relationship, 
it's like it's way easier to to hash things out and to figure things out when you're face to face but when you're you know on the phone like i don't like i don't like having deep conversations on the phone because you can't see the person's face and you, yeah. you know, unless you're doing facetime i guess but you know it's like but still even that is there's the there's that disconnect there's a barrier of, you know and so like you know i feel like i feel like you know i think both can be true like you have these these like uh you know alienation feelings but also like you know you can hear the the sadness of not being right there with them you know and yeah. so it's very interesting I, that's i think there's the multi you know the multi layers the three the four dimensional chess that he's that he's writing is, Always. is amazing Always. And, and for listeners that haven't explored Wilco or that think it's just one thing, just get in there for a second. I promise that your mind will be changed. I actually just bought the new Jeff Tweedy book, um, World Within a Song. Okay. Um, and I'm so excited to get into it because um, the subtitle of it is Music That Changed My Life and Life That Changed My Music. So I'm really excited to sort of see, you know, what he pulls down and, and what songs were influenced by what for him. So Oh yeah, um, I'm that, really curious. That'll be an interesting read as well. But as we um, as we transition out of the the Wilco verse, <laughs> there's so much of it. <laughs> um, I was happy that you brought this song. This is a band that um, I ha I've explored like lightly, and mm -hmm. so um, I'm really I was interested to to dig in a little bit deeper. But your second song is a song called "The Silence" by Manchester Orchestra. Yeah. Um, and this is off their 2017 album, um, A Black Mile to the Surface. And it's it's really a concept album. You know, if you think of a concept album being defined as sort of um, an album that plays in a way that, um, you know, the sum is greater than its parts, you know, like it's something that when you listen to the whole thing, I think you take away a different meaning than if you just listen to the songs individually. Sure. Um, and so I'm really curious about um, about how this song came into your life and sort of why this pick this week. Well, it's, it's fascinating for me because it was one of those songs that kind of just, I don't know if it's like a YouTube algorithm thing or like, you know, you just like, you know, sometimes I do the auto, I, I do the deep dive autoplay thing because, you know, yeah. um, I don't know. It, it, and it, it kind of just kind of emerged like that kind of way and and it really you know it's one of those things too like you know sometimes you have background you know you have music in the background you're just kind of like eh, you know that sounds good but like you know you're not really paying attention and and i was doing the dishes and i had to stop what i was doing and come around to the computer and like sit down and like you know deep dive this one and and it was it was interesting because it really spoke to me because um, you know, I could hear lyrically for me, it was, a, it was, they were speaking about being a father and, mm. and trying and, and, and almost like declaring their intention and, and, um, and that really spoke to me because I, you know, I have a son and, and, and that was something that I did, um, as as a you know as becoming a father and like what are the pitfalls of being a father and overcoming you know your own trauma and your own uh wounds and 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 not inflicting those things on another human being and 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 i really i really 
took that from this song and 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 I was glad that someone else was doing it too. You know, like that's that's the coolest thing because it's like I'm publicly declaring that I'm not going to be, you know, I, you know, I I am dark, but at the same time there's light and that to me is unbelievable. Like yeah. it just makes you it makes you like okay, there's hope. You know, and 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 that stuff is, you know, and and you can tell too there's like you know, and some of the lyrics and stuff like that, you know, there's some like, you know, sometimes, sometimes the kind of trauma is, is religious based. And, Mm -hmm. and, and you can tell from some of this, that maybe some of that was, you know, was happening. And, and I really, I really feel like, um, you know, as someone that is, you know, I am, I am religious and I, and I believe in God and, and stuff like that. But I also think that you can use that stuff um, as a weapon and, and use it for harm as well as good. And, and I, and I am fully aware of that aspect of things. And, and I am very conscious about being an instrument of peace. And I think that's a very important, uh, aspect of, of, of believing, you know, believing the way that I do. And, and, and I feel like that's kind of what's happening with this, with this song. Well, an instrument, and also an instrument of mindfulness, right? I mm. love that you call that in that you you call in this song as like a conscious declaration, and you yourself made a conscious declaration about how you wanted to move through life as a father, how you wanted to move through life as a religious person, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a big hope for this show is that like the more we can kind of mindfully, consciously, out loud declare these things that I know other people are feeling. You know, we have a song about it, right? There's yeah. a song where this th- this band and the lyricist felt compelled to be mindful and make a declaration about how they wanted to parent, which is maybe one of the greatest responsibilities we have in life, right? Raising oh, another yeah, human. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and like, so, like, isn't it strange that, like, this is maybe one of the first conversations I've had about making a public declaration about how you want to parent. And it's always been something my husband and I have talked about. We've said we want to raise a critical thinker and we want to raise a contributing member to society. Those are like two big things (laughs) for us. Right. And those were kind of our declarations, but here we are like you and I getting this really like cool moment Mm -hmm. that this song provided for us where we can make these public declarations. And hopefully other people are like, yeah, I want to be really mindful about the way I'm parenting too. And I'm going to make sure. And even if it sounds silly, I think it's not right. In order to believe, in order to make anything happen first, you have to think it. And so I love that this came up and, and I know that you're a, a, a mindful person, not just from what you've revealed here, but from your poetry, from the way lyrics like Wilco or lyrics like from the silence by this song, um, like the way they affect you. And so I'm really interested in understanding as a musician who, you know, Ren Cove is primarily instrumental. And then you have this sort of separate life where you have your haiku and your poetry. Mm-hmm. How, how does that factor in? Like, is that, so is your poetry sort of like um, a way to express this well of words that you have that don't quite go with what you want to expect express musically like i was really interested in like yeah hmm, he writes music he writes words yet the two sort of seem to live a little bit separately um help me understand i'm super curious about that sure um it's actually kind of funny because the writing always came first um you know as a you know i started 
you know, I mean, you know, we're talking about intent, you know, like I was intentionally writing probably like between like sixth and seventh grade. Um, you know, uh, I had a really great humanities teacher, writer guy that was really inspiring. And he, he like, you know, said, Hey, you're pretty good at this, you know, like keep moving, you know, and he really encouraged me to write and, you know, music, you know, I grew up with music and music has always been a constant too. But I mean, as far as like me personally, cause I, I didn't have a guitar and I, you know, like I did the piano lesson thing, but I hated it. And, you know, it was like not really my thing. And, you know, my sister, my older sister, she's a classically trained pianist. So it's like, you know, uh, I'm not doing Chopin, you know, like, right. let's not, let's, you know, I like rock and roll, you know? And so like, and, you know, coming from a religious family too, that wasn't always, uh, that wasn't always, uh, uh encouraged, um, right. is the best way to put it. Um, you know, uh, rock and roll was not necessarily, you know, especially of a certain era, um, right. you know, which I come from, um, cause I'm a little bit older, you know, like, <laughs> you know yep. there was there was videos <laughs> rock and roll's evil you know yeah. so but but really i think um pushing through that and and then finally you know being able to play guitar and and i you know I, i'm self-taught and and so like being you know being you know and, and you know having great friends around you that to push you to, to make you you know do all that but so i actually started in like indie rock punk rock bands so like wow. i i did you know that was actually my strength was writing lyrics for the band so like that's that was always my in um you know my because my especially when i was younger i wasn't as strong as a musician because of you know lack of training right but lyrically but, you could provide some substance yeah to the band. so you know i yeah. was useful <laughs> yeah because you know and that was that was the thing i think you know, you know, when I tell people, you know, I started off as like, I was a percussionist. And, and I, I started off as a percussionist, and I started off writing lyrics and booking shows and doing the sound. Like, those are the things that I, you know, and then, and then as I got stronger as a, as a guitarist, then, then I started doing that. And then I, then I was a solo artist for a long time. And, you know, and, and so like that, that, um, you know, galvanized, like, you know, you've got to do the dirty work and then, right. and then you get to do the awesome stuff later, you know, and that's kind of how I worked. You know, I, I did the hard work, um, to get, and I feel like you hear that in the music, right? When yeah. I'm listening to Ren Cove, I feel yeah. like you're really trying to deliver something that is going to be pleasurable to the listener. You know, like sometimes yeah. when I'm listening to music, I feel like, I don't want to say forced. I mean, sometimes forced is the appropriate word, but I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of times the artist intentions are really being put on you. Yeah. Whereas I felt like when I was listening to Ren Cove, like you were really just wanting the listener to have a really beautiful experience is oh, how I yeah. felt. I didn't feel forced in any direction. I just felt comfortable to enjoy. Yeah. Um, and maybe that comes from you being on kind of both sides or a lot of different sides of the musical equation. Um, it feel it felt a little bit more. I felt a little more taken care of, you know, like at a <laughs> I was at a That's nicer restaurant. I wasn't at a drive-thru. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was not right. McDonald's, you know, and, and, right. that's, and that's, I think, and, and I think some of that too is, is the maturity because I think there were times when I, when I did force that, you know, my yeah. agenda, 
you know, and I, yeah. and I think, you know, as you get older and, and stuff, you realize that, okay, I can make a statement without force feeding it to people, you know, and, 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 and I think that, um, you know, and, and I think some of that too comes from my journey as far as like, I wasn't even sure when I made, when we made Ren Cove, I wasn't even sure if I could actually make a record. Um, because mm-hmm. previous to that, so I got injured like three years before that, three or four years before okay. we made that. And, and I couldn't even play guitar. So like, wow. um, what happened was, um, I was, I was chopping wood and, and, um, and I had a bulging disc, which, which then pinched the nerve in my, in my left arm. Okay. And, and so, and so I couldn't, I couldn't fret the guitar. I couldn't play. I couldn't, you know, do anything. And so I had to have surgery and like rehab and, and, you know, it was a really long, you know, it still is an ongoing process, but, um, it's much better than it was. And, and so, but it was devastating in the sense of the the thing that I worked so hard to do, I couldn't do anymore. And right. so, and so like my, you know, my wife's awesome. And, and so like, she was like, you know, you know, she, she was the one that first was like, you know what? I don't think you can play right now. Cause I tried and I was like, not mm-hmm. good. And, and it was like really devastating. And then, and then as I got better and I got better, she started to be like, you know what, maybe you should make a record. And I hadn't made good. one in, in years because I was kind of, you know, we were raising our son and I was being intentional again, intentional. I mean, I'd play, you know, here and there, but I was, I was kind of, it was kind of a back burner situation. And, and so she was like, you know what, I think, I think you need to get in the studio. I think you need to, I think you need to, to work, you know, and, 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 and see what you can do. And, and so luckily, you know, I was able to get into a, into a, you know, a student and we're like, Oh, I'll just work on five songs and see what happens, you know? And, and, and trees came out and, and, and that's, and that's kind of, you know, you know, that's kind of how it's, how it's been kind of going right now. It's almost like a second chance or a second rebirth kind of situation for me. And and so I'm really grateful. And another instance where, you know, I I don't say this slightly, another instance where music has literally saved someone, right? Like I just, I hear stories all the time. And since doing the show, just, I really do believe that. Like it really has the power to, to save people, whether again, it's lyrics at the right time or, you know, being able to learn to do something you love in a new way after an injury or just the right chords that make you cry you know like I just think that there are so many times and instances and examples that I could give over and over of of music literally saving people and so I love the story I love that your wife was there to cheer you on to do it too I think so much that's like such a big part of long-term relationships and partnerships is that yeah sometimes you do have to be there to say like maybe not right now but okay, now, you know, like having that other person that kind of can live in your blind spots a little bit and help you through when you're, when you're struggling there. And I think that um, now hearing your story and then like going back and thinking about your two songs, it it does, it just kind of all comes full circle and builds this really cool picture of you, Andrew. I love that. Yeah. Um, It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. (laughs) 
That was part one of Jen's interview with Andrew Cloninger of Renco. Join us next week to hear Jen's picks and the rest of their discussions.